I'm Jody Monroe with Bill Craig. Welcome to Everybody's Neighbor, a housing people podcast. I believe one of the most powerful things we can do is to help people all around us. Your ability to help others starts right now. This week's guest is Gerald. He's a veteran and a former police officer. He is 81 years old. He worked in the hotel industry rubbing elbows with the mucky mucks. Today, he exists on his small social security check. He lives at 150% of the federal poverty level. Welcome, Gerald, to our podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, what do you think of the name of the podcast, Everybody's Neighbor? What, what's that all about? That's very good because we're we're all together in this thing because we're all broke. And you're all broke. Yeah, we're we don't have, you know, we have very limited money. And thanks to this place, where I'd be living in my car or under a bridge, and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. And the other thing about this place is, I support um, people of color. And women. Uh, I like that. A big Thank thing you. to me. Thank you. And I'll tell you about why some sometime. It's it's a horrible story, but uh, in fact I could tell it to you now if you want. But anyway, we have all kinds of people here with various black and Mexican and Asian and everything else, and they all play together wonderfully. They, they, you know, I clap my hands out here and they all wave at me and so... Well, where you live up above, you kind of live in the perch. So you're up above and you can see out over the yeah, community. Yeah, I can clap from my balcony. Yeah. And they'll, I, they'll turn around. <laughs> yeah. I was counting the kids the other day and I had upward of, of 20 kids live at this affordable housing community. Um, and there's some college kids, so I didn't count them because they're off to college, and I suppose they come home during the summer. But there's, I think, the youngest child here, infant, uh, toddler, on up to grade school, middle school, high school. Okay. Anyway, there's, there's an amazing family here. That uh, There are two white parents, if you will, and half a dozen black children. And it's just the most amazing thing to see. They're bright. They're they, everybody, colors all play together, and it just makes my heart happy. Well, we're happy to have you here. Tell me about paying your rent. You said we're all broke here. And this program, like I said, Everybody's Neighbor, is about um, just that, talking about everybody and affordable housing and what affordable means to you might not mean it to the next person. I came up with the, I was out running one morning and uh, Bill and I, the producer, have been talking about putting a podcast together so we can bring people into the lives of others or connect them, but we wanted to have a place where people who are um, struggling in this affordable housing crisis can talk, and that's you. It's not the policymakers, although I'm sure we'll be talking to some of them on our program, but we really want to talk to our everyday people, our neighbors, to see what they have to say about paying their rent or paying their mortgage. And you made a comment earlier about, about yourself. 
you didn't live here, you'd be on the street. Well, I, I, I've had a lot of money in the past, and I spent it all having fun. I spent 20 years with a, out at sea with a boat and spent all my money and came back. And um, my life mate of 45 years said that she wanted to be on her own for the first time in her life and not have me or children or husbands or dogs or cats to worry with. And so we separated some years ago and thank goodness for this place because my income was $1,184 a month. And that's Social Security check? Yes, ma'am. 1184 bucks yes. a month. And my rent is 531 I know. I know. And so the the balance is for pizza. And <laughs> you had you told me you had pizza last and night. Vegetables and yeah. so forth. And then the heat bill is sixty bucks, and the phone is forty five, and blah blah blah. And, and you have internet connection, I hope, because that allows you to yeah. explore the world from your yeah. your perch. I should say to the folks that are listening today. Uh, where Gerald and myself and Bill, the producer, are, we're um, in the Pacific Northwest at an affordable housing community that has 18 rentals and nine homeowners. And uh, we do all we can to uh, keep the rents down, which is driven by the federal government, HUD, which is driven through the state's Commerce Department because they originally built this place. So it just pains me to hear that your your take home is $1,184 and um, to live in your uh, one bedroom uh, town man cave. Your man cave. I like to call it a town home because it, it does, you got a lot of style too. Yeah. <laughs> your man cave. Okay. Your town home. But you know, half of your, half of your uh, in monthly income from social security is going to uh, pay, pay your rent. And there's, there's just. Well, you know, inflation is, is eating up my money. And uh, prices in the grocery store go up. We got $3 gas. We got all this other stuff. And what happens is every year the Social Security is supposed to increase my payment by the cost of living index. Right, right. I don't even know what that is. But anyway. Well, it's a very low percentage. It, it was 2%. I was going to say it's 2%. Last time. And of course, my expenses went up much more than that. Mm -hmm. So at some point, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm 81. I'm going to live to 91. And Maybe 101. <laughs> that's, that's 20 more years. And, and what you haven't shared, uh, we'll talk about a lot of things because you've had, a, you've had a grand life, you know, with its ups and downs, but you're a cancer survivor of multiple cancers, and then it came back. Well, I had six, six cancer uh, surgeries. Okay. And uh, over time. And uh, I had the best of cares. My goodness, I just had the best of doctors. In fact, one, two doctors took out parts at the same time. One, one was on upside down on his head, looking into one cavity, and the other guy was working on the other, so I wouldn't have to come back. <laughs> 
But anyway, two and a half years ago that was, and uh, all of a sudden I took this PSA test, which every man should do, and uh, it came back on the Richter scale of 11. That's up there. Way Yeah, the I get that, yeah. Can you, you know, for the listeners listening, we've got our uh, lawnmower guy here today mowing, so you might hear a lawnmower in the background. But he does a great job. Doesn't he? His he's name's Jeff. Person. Yeah, he's he's a hard worker. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, to, they, yeah. they, you know, cancer, they're, they're solving some of those problems with cancer. And they gave me a shot called Lupon. And what it is, is a female hormone that actually stopped the growth that they saw in their, whatever they do. The scientists saw in, in their uh, magnifying glasses or whatever. But the after effect. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. depression. Ah, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I've, I've lived with, uh, I don't know what they call it, where you're up one day and down the other. There's a name for Manic, it. depressed, you know, up, bipolar or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And some days I'm way up and some days I'm way down, but this... Um, I must catch you on all the life. great days. Oh, my Really, life. I catch you on all the good days. And so the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. I always have great conversations <laughs> with you. <laughs> so, so the... Uh, the cancer medication. Yeah, I, t I take the medication and it's... It's taken away my artwork interest. It's taken away my interest in a, a great many things. And it's very difficult to, to deal with um, because I'm an optimist. And, Hi, how are you? And I'm not, uh, not doing well right now. So um, they gave me a, a one-month shot to see if it would work. It did. They gave me a six-month shot, and they don't have anything to overcome what I've received from this drug. So it's it's keeping it, the cancer at bay, so to speak, but it's created a side effect of we'll just call it depression, and it's taking away your, your depression. Depression. You said you, bipolar yeah, yeah. depression. Yeah, yeah. So it's taken away your. You always have a twinkle, though, but it's taken away. Uh, your your interest, interest in yeah. your your art yeah. you, you carve yes. you I've, I've carved over a hundred pieces in my in my short time and um, all of a sudden it went away I you know I have the tools I have the anyway it disappeared and so one of the other things I learned and maybe some of your listeners would be interested there's a thing called SAD and what it means is you don't have enough light. Right. Uh -huh. And we live in a non-light. We live in the Pacific Northwest. We live in the rain. <laughs> I mean, the, the, lawnmower, the lawnmower in the background, uh, you know, he's trying to get the lawn cut in between the rainstorms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why he's out there hustling. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it is gray out today. Yeah. I don't want you to move to California or Florida. You'd have more sunlight. I, I did some research and I found out about this sad and how to overcome it. And I bought a light. Very good. That's on my desk. It cost me $50. And it produces 10,000 something or another. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing me out of this 
part of this depression. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and putting me back in bipolar, and that's, I'm bipolar today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I think you're wonderful. So, I do. Thank I do. You. I do. Let's get back to when we started this conversation. You talked about the children here and the families here, and you have a story about why you support people of color and women. It was something that occurred in your career. It sure did. Yeah. And, uh, Tell us about that. I was on the police department and drafted by the United States Army. They sent me to uh, Augusta, Georgia, and instead of chasing girls like most of the young, I'm, I'm 26 at the time, okay, and oh the rest of the guys are 15 or something, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I went to the police department in Augusta, Georgia and met the chief and said, I'd like to ride around with you guys. So they put me in with the sergeant and, um, well, backing up, backing up a, a little bit, I had a, a black friend that was, you know, I was in the Signal Corps and uh, had a top secret clearance and he and I got on a bus and rode from the bus to the city limits where the bus screamed to a stop. And the driver said, nigger, get on the back of the, get in the back of the bus. And I just went crazy. And he said, uh, any more crazy and I'll have the MPs arrest you. Wow, that's very impactful. So I get off that bus and I'm, I'm on the street corner and I walk across the street and here's an older woman, maybe 70, with a huge, lovely purse. She got off the, the, the sidewalk and stand, stood in the gutter while I walked by. Wow. There were wow. white fountains, there was all the stuff we all heard about. So anyway, I. I hook up with this sergeant and uh, for 16 weeks I rode two, two evenings or two days a week. Anyway, we get a call that a lady's been thrown through a window in a tavern. Okay. That doesn't sound good. We, we get there and this woman's in this, it's a black tavern and a black woman in the gravel. And she's what I call leaking, which means she's losing some She's bleeding fluid. out, yes. And so every police car in the United States have, has a first aid kit under the passenger seat. The sergeant went in, I grabbed the kit and started, you know, do, doing what I know to do. And he came out and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to repair this. Uh, woman until an ambulance can get here. He said, get in the car. And so it was quiet in the car for maybe a half an hour and finally he said, uh, black cops are, were on the way. To take care of And them. that was my change in my life about people of color. One of the things I learned about um, issues 
if, if I'm angry, an angry issue, like I was uh, in, the, in Georgia, I learned, to, I learned to write about it. Wonderful. Anyway, I, it has helped me immensely. It helped me with my adoption issues. It helped me with, well, the rest of my life, actually, in my life. When I was uh, 19 or 20, I bought a piece of land, uh, five acres and a trailer. Bought a horse. I didn't know that. And uh, I joined the sheriff's posse just for fun, and rode with the sheriff a lot on practicing and all that stuff. On my 21st birthday, he asked me to come to work. And I'll tell you what, it, I went to work as the jailer and dispatcher. And there were no cell phones, there was no nothing. I ended up... Uh, with some amazing experiences that, and on the road experiences. Anyway, one day the sheriff said, uh, Gerald, the, you're grumpy, your face is grumpy. You're not, I mean, you're, you can be a much better officer and a better person if you'd learn to smile. And I, you know, we were on a hell of a good, I said, oh yeah, yeah, t t you know tell it to the angels or something. He said, here's what you want to try. Get in front of your mirror and learn how to smile. Change my life completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're always smiling. Yeah. I guess I haven't seen you on your non-smile days. Yeah. Or, you know, you're such a asset to this neighborhood because just today when we were sitting here and we talked about the gentleman mowing the lawn, you commented on what a good job he does. Yeah. And a couple days ago, when he was spreading beauty bark, he told me there's this man that has complimented him on the good job he does. This guy's a worker. He is a very good he's worker. He's back from the 50s and 60s, and he doesn't stop. Yeah, he's a, he's a very hard worker. And you know, he has a story behind him, too. And um, life hasn't been that easy for, for him, but he always seems like he always finds, you know, a way to um, bring some joy to his day. What does home mean to you? Home, H-O-M-E. Oh, I guess it's uh, safety. You know, I'm per when I'm right, if you will, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm not down the dump, I'm uh, terribly happy when the door closes and the cat jumps on my lap. And that's home. I have all my stuff around me, my paintings, and the people that I care about. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. And even though I've been in some very traumatic uh, you know, circumstances in my life, when my door shut, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very tickled. Yeah. Thank you. This week's show was produced by Bill Craig. What does home mean to you? Let us know. For more of Everybody's Neighbor, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, as we're always looking for people to enjoy it. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud.
I'm Jody Monroe for Everybody's Neighbor.